All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Kelly Robinson there, Neil Sperry here on a cool but otherwise pretty nice Saturday morning. Good morning. It's talking to one of the leaders of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. In fact, uh, the immediate past chairman of the board yesterday, and he said, you know, Neil, one of these weekends is just all going to open up. The door is going to open, and everybody's going to be in the garden centers, and all the wholesalers are going to be out there buying the stuff, the the contractors. It's going to be nuts, and we're not more than a week or two away from that. That was the comment uh, from Adrian Muehlstein, and I agree with Adrian. It's just about here, folks. Wise gardeners are out there getting the stuff done right now, and I'm glad you're tuned in. Let me get closer to my microphone here. I'll bet I'm drifting away from you a little bit. So I hope you're having a good week. Hope it's been a a good time. Hope you got a little bit of rain. Uh, See, no horrible storms. I had to think back a little bit. We didn't get those. So let's talk gardening. The phone number is 888-256-1080. We are live on this Saturday morning. Broadcasting to about 30-some stations now across the state, from Amarillo to uh, Corpus Christi in Victoria. Alpine, beautiful Alpine, did a story on Alpine two days ago in E-Gardens, and uh, more properly, more on Big Bend National Park, and uh, then all the way to Crockett in East Texas. be fun to do a story on the uh, Piney Woods sometime before long. It's going to get beautiful there in the next few weeks. Anyway, I love my state. Can you tell? 888-256-1080. The uh, time to call is right now. 888-256-1080. And we already have a call, so we'll get the program up and running here in just a moment. We have uh, three lines left open for you. Jared Taylor is running the boards and answering the phones. Be kind to him. He's a very nice person, and he stayed around a long time to be able to help with this program today. He was on duty at 5 in the morning for the fishing program this morning. So that makes a long day for Jared, and then he'll go out and probably work three other jobs before the day is out. That's the the nature of Jared. So let's get the program up and running, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I'll take my first break. We'll come back and talk to uh, Gary and Bremond. So stay with us, please. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is my book. It's available to you on special sale for a limited time. I did this to try to help you get through some tough economic times, get a little cash flow for us as well, and uh, just to let you get a garden reference that might be the only garden reference you need for the state of Texas. It is a hardback, 344 pages, 840 of my photographs, and printed right here in the great state of Texas in San Antonio by Clear Visions in San Antonio. And uh, then bound by Universal Book Bindery, a historic book bindery in downtown San Antonio. Eleven chapters covering lawns, trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annual and perennial flowers, fruit and vegetables. It covers every aspect of outdoor gardening for this great state. Chapter two is very special. I've never put it in a book before. This is my fifth book, and I've never had this in a book before. This is the uh, chapter that has 48 pages of a calendar. Four pages per month of when you plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of the plants that you're trying to grow. So you'll never have to ask, Neil, when should I do this or that? You just refer to Chapter 2. Now, for a limited time, I have reduced the price to just $36.95 to help in these economic times. And let me tell you, that's a couple of flats of annuals. It's a, a shrub or two. 
uh, improperly uh, chosen or improperly planted, timed, uh, all of that you'll, you'll cover just uh, the, the, the cost of the book by one or two mistakes that you might otherwise make. Your satisfaction with this book is guaranteed to every penny or I'll refund every penny you have invested in it. I've said that for 77,000 copies that I have sold and signed and I've not been asked to refund on any one of them to date. I sign each copy as it sells. That's why it is not in stores and not on Amazon. I self-published this book, so I have the right to do that. I wanted to have the book that I could hand to you and say, this is the best work of my career. That's not boasting. It's just my personal opinion, and I'm happy to be able to do that to you. Now, since it's not in stores, not on Amazon, you say, well, how can I buy it then? What's this? Well, it's easy. You go to my website or you call my office. My website is Neil sperry.com and my office phone number i'll spell my name for you in a minute the office phone number monday through friday is 800-752-GROW 800-752-GROW that's 800-752-4769 and my name is n-e-i-l-s-p-e-r-r-y Dot com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, the better way to get it is at neilsperry.com. Why would you want to pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you can own a Mueller building? Why rent when you can buy? Mueller's backyard buildings are easy to assemble. They're affordable and they offer permanent storage at a uh, at a very affordable price right there in your own backyard with a variety of sizes available and more than 30 colors from which to choose Mueller's backyard building kits complement any home or landscape and if your equipment requires even more storage space Mueller's standard series buildings are ready to go to work for you they're fabulous from workshops to big barns these pre-engineered bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options you can also visit them online at MuellerInc.com. Now that's M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Mueller is M-U-E-L-L-E-R. MuellerInc.com to get a free customized building estimate. And while you're on their website, click on their color selector tool. It makes choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. To find out more about Mueller steel buildings, Mueller metal roof, roofing, or Mueller greenhouses, Call 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or visit them at MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. Mueller means steel buildings for permanent storage. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Thank you all for calling. The two of you who have called, we have two open lines, so half and half. Let's fill them up. 888-256-1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. It's uh, 888-256-1080. If you can hear me, you can call me. Let's go to Gary in Bremont. Gary, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Beautiful morning. It's a great day. How can I help you? Well, I sent uh, a text message to you because I wanted George to uh, answer Dr. McKitchen to answer the um, the thing. But I, I could. Bottom line is, I could uh, get get to the uh, radio to hear the reply, even if it. I don't even know if he replied to it, and the podcast didn't work for me. So anyway, my question is: I planted two plum trees last year. They both did great. 
one was a Methley and one was a Bruce, and I planted them, and one of the two died. And one of the mistakes that you mentioned I could have avoided, probably it's probably in your book that says, you know, you probably need to have a record of what you planted, where you planted. Because now I'm in a situation where I've got one dead plum tree, and I don't know if it's a pollinator or if it's a fruit-bearing tree. So what do I do now? It, it, <laughs> it could be either a methley or a bruce that's alive, and I need to replace the pollinators. I need to replace the other one. All right. Um, methley is a self-pollinating variety, so if you had two methleys, you'd still be in good shape if you want to just plant one tree and and uh, and not take a chance. There is a third variety that is an outstanding variety, ugly fruit, and, and as sweet as it can be, just wonderful. And that's called Ozark Premier. Uh, and and I would always have an Ozark Premier. I'd probably have it instead of a Bruce. So if you want to is have it that... A, is it a... Su- is it a self-pollinator? No, Methley is the one that is known to be so so good about self-pollinating. But I would I would look for Ozark Premier, and it would pollinate either of the other two. Oh, oh, okay, okay, Ozark Premier. Yes, sir. And if you can't find that, then I would plant Methley. And that way, you know you're good. Okay. How, however, <laughs> however, Gary, to to be honest, my guess would be that unless you are at the end of the earth and nobody around you has plum trees, you probably have pollinator trees somewhere within a quarter mile of your house or a half mile. Oh, okay, okay, even, I, didn't, I didn't... Even the native Mexican plum would serve as a pollinator, and you'll have those around uh, in the eastern third of Texas. So I don't think you're in as bad a shape as you think you are, but you ought to have an Ozark premiere if you can possibly find one. They are so... Hey, that, that sounds great. So they, they pollinate kind of like pecans, I guess you got a pecan anywhere, it's going to help pollinate. Well, yeah, there's a difference. So bees can fly a certain distance. The pecan pollen will fly hundreds of miles. I know because I <laughs> okay. feel it in the springtime. It's wind pollen. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm going to check for an o- I'm going to look around for an Ozark premiere. Yeah, it's a good one. All righty. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate your call. Take care. Thank you, my friend. All right, let's go to Christine and Crockett. That opens a line at 888 888- Two five six ten eighty. Give us a call now, please. Eight 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 two five six ten eighty. Christine, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. It's already a good morning. I've had a good day so far with this conversation. Well, good. I'll try not to I miss just it up for to. you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm kind. I kind of upset because now I gotta add Ozark plums to my list of purchases. Oh, that's not the worst thing that ever happened to you. It's Ozark <laughs> Premier. Ozark Premier. Yeah. Yeah. Ozark Premier. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a five-year uh, set of plans. Ozark Premier, I can probably put in the third year, but my money is short. So what I'm sure. doing now, I'm calling about two herb gardens uh, and fruit and stuff to plant near my front door and my daughter's front door to attract, I'm uh, to attract, you know, hummingbirds bees whatever to our front door or our yards now what i need to know from you is is a good place where i can a good website or two or three that i can trust to list things that will grow here in south crockett i live on the border of crockett and lovelady and um 
we had a bad experience, my husband and I, in the 90s, I think it was. Um, we went to a fair, and he bought some um, uh, white grapes. And they did really well, but they said it was for to making white wine, a sweet white wine, or, or not sweet, a good dry wine. I'm sorry, I'm stammering. <laughs> and when we planted it, it wasn't what he ordered. Now, those grape plants have grown every year, every year, every year since the 1990s, and they were great grapes. They were huge. Uh, they were okay, healthy. Well, hang on a second. Which which direction are we no. going? Are we going for herb plants near the front door? Are we going for what's wrong with the grapes? I'm no, kind of... I'm, it's not what's wrong with the grapes. It's My point is... Okay. We had a bad. I don't want to go to some place to buy things, and they're not really a good source because they're not doing stuff right. I want All to right. go to good places that know what they're doing, and if I buy it and they say it's going to grow here on my farm, it it grows and it's what All we right. got. All right, That's I can what I help need. you. I need a there, source. Yeah, I can okay. help you. There are, although there are lots of good places in East Texas, and lots of them I don't know, so I'm going to tell you that right up front. Right. I will give you. And that's the, why I'm the calling. <laughs> I will give you the help that I can give you, and then there are other places okay. you can get some good help. Just let me just right. give me just a couple seconds here, and I'll I'll list some. And I do out. go to hang, hang, I hang, do okay. I do go to uh, the ag you know A and M services online. You know I All know right. I can trust them, but I need them more resources. Is what All my right. point hang is. Hang on, hang on, and just jot down okay. a few notes, and I'll I'll give them to you. Number one thing I would do for the, uh, I, I'd be careful putting bees right by the front door. That's not what you want. So that's just a comment based on what I heard you say. That's not the place you want to have the bee-friendly plants because you have people walking right past there. Uh, but anyway, for, for other parts of your garden, if you're trying to attract bees, uh, I would, uh, I would look there. There are lots of great websites for, for pollinator gardens. Uh, I would go to the Master Gardeners of of Texas. Uh, this would be just look up Master Gardeners uh, 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 Pollinator Gardens. Uh, Texas A&M Master Gardeners Pollinator Gardens. I wouldn't be surprised, but what you will find some really good ones around Austin uh, in terms of websites. Uh, Williamson County uh, seems to have some really good ones. Travis County will have some really good lists of of uh, things like that. They specialize in that sort of thing in that general part of Texas area. Um, the uh, Smith County Master Gardeners are very active. Greg Grant is an outstanding horticulturist, one of the people I respect more than anybody else in this state for what he has done for horticulture. And he has a cadre, uh, Keith Hansen before him had a cadre of, of uh, Master Gardeners, and they keep a very active website, Smith County uh, master gardeners, and they will have pollinator gardeners for East Texas. So between those two uh, extension service uh, areas, uh, you'll get some good help. Blue Moon Gardens in Chandler uh, will have herbs. They will have uh, perennials. They are a destination garden center unlike any other. It's one of my favorite places to go visit, and they're an hour from you. Um, and, and those ladies are are just fabulous, nothing short of fabulous. Blue Moon Gardens. It's uh, on the highway between uh, Edom and, and uh, Tyler, and uh, it's, it's just a, a fabulous place to visit, and they have as many herbs as anybody around does. Now, there are other places that are, 
I live in the McKinney area, and so Blue Moon is a pretty good drive for me, and you are farther still, and so I don't uh, I don't uh, get to the garden centers in your area as often as I would get to Blue Moon. So anyway, that's just a, a random thought, but that's a good start for you. Right. <laughs> I say again, I'm sorry. No, I I just I said that's a good start for you. I think that'll get you started. Yes, yes. I'm excited. All right. Well, I appreciate your call, Christine. My cousin and I'm gonna, uh, my cousin yeah. lives in Crockett and and uh, so oh. we uh, we enjoy Crockett very much. I I wish you well. Thank you for calling. Very Let very me much. say one oh, thing okay. about the bees. I have no choice on the bees. Minnesota has a company they bring their bees down here every spring right across the street. To make honey that they sell, and then they okay. take them back to Minnesota. So the bee question, I have no choice. We have bees. <laughs> why? Why Not, do you have to plant huh? flowers right at your door, though? That's what I was asking you. Well, I get what you're saying. What I'll do is re. We will re evaluate everything now. I have my a seven year old, a ten and eleven. Yeah, my wife is we'll, extremely. We'll plant them over by bees. the fence. Yeah. Okay, huh? that a girl. I'm That's sorry. what I. Yeah, I I hear you. Good. Big All right. Change. Thanks for I'm calling. I'm glad I called. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> for calling. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. Last week, we had trouble with people being able to hear me uh, at all, at all. I mean, we had a broken wire at the at the network, and so I'm not sure if things are exactly right yet. You don't want to plant things that are going to draw bees right where there will be a lot of people activity. I'm a absolute fan of bees. Totally. Wouldn't harm them at all. Um but I'm also practical because my wife has a just a, a really bad allergy to bee stings, and a lot of people do. So anyway, Ron and Corpus Christi, Dewey and Amarillo, how far apart can two callers be? They'll be our next two callers. I love this program. Scared me to death 35 years ago when I did it for the first time. Oh, my gosh. They're that far apart? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so anyway, let me see what I am doing here. I think I... Yeah, I'm taking a break. I got the wrong ad copy up. That was my problem. Soils are warming and weed seeds are starting to germinate. But I have good news for you because you can prevent those grassy and broad-leafed weeds by applying high-yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper containing dimension. We welcome the high-yield and fertile product lines to our broadcast now. They started up last week, and I'm so proud to have them aboard. This is a granular product that provides pre-emergent control of crabgrass and suppression of many other grassy and broadleafed weeds when applied prior to germination. High-yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper is ideal for use in your lawn and ornamental beds because it won't harm established turf, shrubs, trees, and other desirable plants. It controls crabgrass, Dallas grass seedlings, grass burr, oxalis, purslane, and others. You apply it every 90 to 120 days for year-round control. One of the greatest things about the makers of Fertilome and high-yield products is that they are dedicated to supporting local retailers. I really am in awe of that and appreciate having them as an advertiser because of that. All of their products, including high-yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper, can only be found in independently owned garden centers. To find your closest dealer, go to Fertilome.com, F-E-R-T-I-L-O-M-E, Fertilome.com. Click on Find a Dealer, Fertilome.com. That's Fertilome High Yield, 
lawn and garden products, and this one is their turf, high-yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, indeed, 888-256-1080. That's simple. Let's uh, go to Ron in Corpus Christi. Ron, this is Neil. Good morning. Neil, good morning to you. Thank yes, you for sir. taking the call. You bet. I, um, I am on uh, clay soil, of course, in Corpus Christi. And my question is, I, I've been noticing a plant called uh, Berkeley sedge or just sedge. I think it, uh, they also, it's in the Carex family. Or mm-hmm. Does that work? Will that work in my area? It will work. Um, I have grown a few sedges. Um, I would I would try a small planting of it first and see how you like it. It will do best if it has morning sun at the most, you know, until uh, oh, even very early morning, probably nine o'clock, and then and then protection from that point on from the sun and very moist soil. They like a lot of moisture. The sedges do. Okay. Uh, you know, its common cousin, the weed, nut sedge, nut grass. It's oh, all yeah. they grow. They grow. They're happy. The sedges are really pretty, but but uh, they're they they tend to be some of them, especially the variegated ones like golden sedge. To me, uh, tends to kind of play out if it doesn't have exactly the conditions it wants in my landscape. Maybe I'm maybe I'm right. on the what would, guy out. What would be the equivalent that would thrive? Like, is your liriope the equivalent, or or you know, a, a, I think a, it is, a, and a I use grass. a lot. Yeah, but, and those are closely related, mondo grass, monkey grass, uh, and then liriope is the big sister to those. Uh, and, and I think they are, uh, visually from a distance, they give the same look, and they're less expensive, they are a lot less demanding, a lot more forgiving, I guess is a better way to put it. That, that's what I'm after. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to mess with something that I, I'm going to be fighting, you know, it's not, you know, just... Not gonna, it's like I can't grow, uh, you know, the uh, where the acers, you know, here in in, in South Tech. It doesn't work. You know, you got to get no. further up north. Yeah, a you know, lot things of, of that nature. Oh, so I don't I don't want to fight anything. I would I would uh, I would try it if you want to try one of the sedges. I would try it in a in a very specialized setting, uh, a, a water garden edge, uh, a square foot or two. Uh, well, that's very small, maybe three or four square feet. And and leave it at that. I I would not try it as a ground cover. Yeah, I I see it all over San Antonio. I mean, just the, the, some of the landscapers use it, yes, you know, in these do. shady areas. But I mean, yeah. I, you know, I couldn't see how that would be that that much different than my area. But 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 well, I, you small know, small differences make make big differences in plants. Uh, one side of a of a hill uh, in a in a native plant setting can can be where a plant thrives and and doesn't grow. My dad taught me he was a botanist for A and M or a range ecologist, and and the same thing can be true in a landscape. It'll grow right there, but ten feet away it won't even survive because of the difference in sunlight or slight differences in drainage or something. But, but you're you're right. Is, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Well, thank you, Neil. That's what I, I yeah. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Start what I guess small. I, I yeah. know will work. All thank right. you, sir. Appreciate Attaboy. it. Always like the calls. Thank you, Ron. Let's go to Dewey in Amarillo. I I have to hang on a second, Dewey, while I while I readjust my compass completely. All right, I'm ready for you. How can I help? Uh, I have a Bermuda grass, and I've got worms in it, Neil. It's it's almost like lawnmower motocross trying to mow that thing. How do I kill those worms? Okay. Um, 
Okay, I, I want to make sure of what we're dealing with. You're talking about you, you see the earthworm castings on top of the ground, the little mounds? Yes. Okay. All right, I have to be very careful in how I answer this because we want to make sure that you have regular earthworms. They are ultra-beneficial. And in my whole career, I have never recommended in, to anybody any kind of control for earthworms because you want them there to improve the tilth of the soil. Now, if they are running amok and you just have so much you can't do anything about it, I, I may be out of my pay grade on this answer. We may need to get a turf specialist in to see what would cause that. I, 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 I don't really know. I would, I would really suggest you do a little bit of digging to make sure that you have standard uh, nightcrawler or whatever. I'm not an earthworm specialist, but you have standard earthworms and not something else. I, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable in my answer. I, I need to tell you that right up front. Because when you say earthworms, are you talking about the, the white, stubby-looking worms? Or? No, that'd be grub worms, and they won't leave that kind of castings on top of the soil. Let me describe the castings, okay. first of all. The castings that earthworms, the, the good guys that are half the size of a pencil in diameter and and as long as a pencil sometimes. Um, Black? Uh, they Yeah, they can be, or, or shiny, uh, kind of a carmine color. Um Okay. Different colors. They'll be whitish sometimes, but not the stubby white grub worms. Uh, anyway, the, the castings that they will give off will be, uh, and, and, and what they are is pilings of little soil granules that they have processed through their bodies, and, and they come. It, it's just almost like manure, but, but it really isn't manure because there's a lot of soil involved as they pass the soil through their bodies. And they will uh, pile those up on top of the ground, in little piles the size of a half of a golf ball, kind of a little pyramid. And uh, it's not really a pyramid. It's just kind of like a third of a golf ball, the top of a golf ball. And, uh, and, and they are lumpy. When you walk on them, you feel the lumps. But they, they right. dissolve and filter back onto the top of the soil and don't cause any big problem. Is that what you're seeing? Yes. That probably should not be a major problem because what they're doing to improve the um, the the tilth, the the uh, porosity of your soil is ultra beneficial. We want them. Okay. Yeah, and and so I could I could tell you in a heartbeat something that would kill them, and I would have so much hate mail. <laughs> So from all the earthworm, <laughs> there are people out there who would love to have your problem. I've, oh. I've had on my hillside, we have an acre between us and the county road that, that we had to, it's part of our homestead, the one-acre homestead you have to get in Texas. And it's, it's not a lawn. It, it's where I played football with my boys when they were young. Uh, and I mow it, and I, I don't water it particularly, uh, but it's kept. It's, it, it looks attractive. It's just not our yard. And we had a lot of earthworms on it for a while, and are uh, in it, and and uh, and I saw the castings, and and years later, uh, there haven't been as many, probably because of the drought or whatever. Um, and you know, it never made it lumpy at all. It just they they kind of go back onto the soil. I well, it's say- it's kind of strange. I have a uh, sidewalk that runs from my back door out to my shop. 
And this is only, uh, I mean, they're only on one side of the sidewalk. The other side is just as smooth as it can be. So, but it's, like I say, you know, when you run the lawnmower over it, it's just, it's almost like motocross. It just bounces all over the place. So, and are you sure? I'm I'm really not challenging you. Like I said, I do not feel good about my answer. I'm going to give you some help in just a moment, but it okay. may not come from me. But are you sure they are the cause of that, or could there have been an uneven surface there to start with? Uh, well, you know, it's I, I used to have a little storage building out there that we took down, and so there's some low places and things like that, but. Uh, well, Overall, keep that in mind the next time you mow. Keep that in mind. Know that I challenge you a little bit, and, and if you mow it a couple times you say, no, I don't think Neil was right, then I'm okay with that. If you say, you know what, Neil was right, uh, it, it, uh, it is right where that building was or, or something else, then, then you can start pursuing it. What I was going to suggest is get a hold of your county extension office. Ask them to put you in contact. Take, take photos or at least describe exactly what you've encountered and and uh, the word is castings, like casting a, a mold for a bronze statue, C-A-S-T-I-N-G. Ask a, a Texas A&M turf authority, probably in Lubbock or maybe even to College Station, if earthworms could cause that problem. Uh, and if so, why would they be accumulating uh, in your lawn? There may be different soil on one side of your walk from the other. That That might explain that. But I'd go ahead and say to him or her, that uh, that there is that difference between the two sides of the walk. Um, I think one of the state uh, turf specialists is based within about 10 miles of where I'm broadcasting at, at Texas A&M in, in Dallas. And uh, so you, that your question may come right back into my neighborhood to be answered. But, but that's a universal question if it is earthworms and they can help. I need somebody smarter than me on this one. Okay. <laughs> it never bothers me. Right. You know, I've found out I've taken almost half a million calls uh, in, in all these years on the air, and it, it, uh, it was early in my career that I realized I, I need to tell people when I don't have a clue because they're going to know he doesn't have a clue. <laughs> so <laughs> go, go ahead and admit it, Neil. But I think that's where you can get some help. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Good luck with it. I, I hope you'll call me back and tell me what you figured out and what somebody helped you with. I really would like to hear. I appreciate the call, Dewey. Thank you, sir. Okay. Thank All right. You. Good deal. Have a good day. Okay. Jeff and Bremont, John in San Angelo. Cool. That's good. We're getting around our state. Let me tell you about my book again. I'll do a quick version of it this time. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, only $36.95. It will pay for itself by the end of this spring, or I'll buy it back from you. No questions asked. I don't care if you've used it. Don't care if you've written notes in it. If you say, it didn't pay for itself, I'll buy it back from you. I've said that every year. I've said that uh, to every book I've sold. And 77,000 books, I have not been asked to refund a penny yet. And uh, so I'm comfortable. If it happens, it happens. So I hope you'll hope you'll give it a chance. Eleven chapters cover lawns, trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annual and perennial flowers, fruit, vegetables, not earthworms. Uh, it says they're good. That's about it. Chapter 2 has a 48-page calendar, four pages per month telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of your plants for every county in Texas, but not to spray the earthworms. For a limited time, I have reduced that price to that $36.95 to help us get through these uh, kind of strenuous economic times. 
And uh, I sign every copy as it sells. I'll be signing tomorrow night and Monday, and we'll take them to the post office on Tuesday. That's my day every week. You order it. It's not in stores, not on Amazon. You need to order it from my uh, office or my website. Well, by the way, it has 344 pages, 840 of my photographs, and it was printed in Texas, and it's a hardback on high-quality paper. This is a real book, folks. You order it by calling 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W, 800-752-4769. That's during the weekdays. The better way is to order from my website right now, N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com, neilsperry.com for Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. All right. I think we've lost Jeff and Bremon just to finish out that thought uh, based on uh, what uh, Jared has told me. He was going to talk about crepe myrtle pruning. I'm just going to go ahead and answer what I don't even know he was going to ask. But you don't need to top crepe myrtles. Please don't ever top a crepe myrtle. I haven't talked about it much because nobody's asked about it this winter much. But please, there is no reason to top a crepe myrtle. This has been my career goal is to get Texans, I'm a Texan, to get Texans to quit topping crepe myrtles. It's a barbaric act that serves no function. doesn't make them bloom better. makes them bloom worse. They bloom about six to seven weeks long later. And they have giant heads on big old supple, ugly branches that hang down. And then in the winter, they are ugly. Ugly. Best way you can save a crepe myrtle that's been topped is to cut it to the ground and let it regrow and retrain all those new shoots into three or five new trunks. You'll have a beautiful crepe myrtle tree in two or three years doing it that way. You can't do it by by trying to reshape them as... Uh, up up in the air. You have to cut them to the ground. And to the people who say, they're too tall, it's hitting the eaves, you have the wrong variety. I'm a founding member of the Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney. We've planted 40,000 crepe myrtles in our city, and I've been working on this for 30 years. I'm not going to back down on this one. If you have a crepe myrtle that, that is hitting the eaves at 12 feet, and you cut it to 8 feet, it wants to be 12 or 20 feet tall. It's going to grow right back. You're just fooling yourself. Okay, I'm done. Let's go to John in San Angelo. John, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Hey, uh, we moved here from Colorado, so we know absolutely nothing about this area, so i got to get your book for my wife for sure. All right. Um, We um, got some houses going down the road from us and new, new builds. And they're laying sod right now on these new houses. Mm-hmm. We need to put sod in our backyard. Is now a good time to do it, or what's, wouldn't, wouldn't be a good time to put sod in? Uh, if you have the option of waiting two months, April is the best time, uh, in late April and May. May is I, the ideal time of all times because the soil May? is warm. Okay. Yeah, the soil has warmed by then, and yet it's not hot yet. Uh, so early to mid-May in San Angelo would be ideal. They probably have to put sod down to get a certificate of occupancy for those houses. Hopefully they're using that would Bermuda make sense. grass. Yeah, uh, hopefully they're using yeah. Bermuda because it has the best chance of surviving. Uh, you you just, huh. 
cities have no okay. no uh, no logic to them. They they won't pe- let people come in <laughs> right. with the promise that the side will go down. They just don't trust it. But anyway, that's that's what <laughs> right. I would do in your case. I would okay. wait until early. May. We we do have the option of waiting. That's, yeah. that's not a problem. And the yeah. saw that we're going to be putting in, I, I guess the guy who's doing it, my wife's been handling this, but um, whatever they put in golf courses here, that's what saw we're putting in. Is that what you know what what that would be? Well, you have several grasses that go in on golf courses. A lot of the uh, the fairways would be one of the hybrid Bermudas that is meant to be mowed at uh, three quarter inch to an inch somewhere in that oh. range, and uh, so that's one of the hybrid Bermudas that used to be Tiffway. Uh, from Tifton, Georgia, from the USDA, uh, uh, GA, I guess, or DA, uh, breeding program. Uh, there are other varieties now. I don't know what your golf course would be using, but it's it's one of those probably. I doubt if it's zoysia, and it certainly wouldn't be a gotcha. golf green okay. grass. So, but, yeah, that, that answer is redoubled then by waiting until uh, late April, early May. Same thing. Okay, perfect. I will definitely, definitely do that for sure. All, All right. right, love your program. Thank right, you. Thank Appreciate you, your call. Thank right. you. Yeah, I spent uh, most of a year in Colorado myself in graduate school at Fort Collins, and Lynn and I got engaged, and I got lonely, and I went back to Ohio State at that point. Native Texan, two degrees from Ohio State, didn't start either one of them there. Neil Spray's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer directly to your email, and it happens on Thursdays at 6 p.m., I spend about a day and a half a week working on eGardens. This is not just some little trashy piece of uh, news stuff that I clip and paste. It is it is my original writing, and um, I, I work hard on eGardens. I hope you'll take it, and, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Now, this one time, the uh, graphics designer of my book, Cindy Smith, and her husband, Matt, made a, a, a her, their second trip to the Big Bend country within one year. They love it out there. And uh, Alpine, I hope you're listening. They love Alpine, and I do too. And uh, they took Cindy took a lot of photos and, and sent them to me. Just She was just giddy happy with, with what she saw. This was two weeks ago. And I, I said, could I use those in eGarden? So there is a story there. I kind of wrote the captions, but only after Cindy gave me the details of where she had taken the photos. And if you've never been to Big Bend National Park uh, in Texas, this is your state. You're in Texas, so is that park. Take a look at Cindy's photos in eGardens. If you don't take eGardens, you can see this week's copy by going to my website. This is where you sign up for it. And there, there are four other stories there. Uh, so, you know, Stephen Shambly wrote a wonderful story as well, and you'll enjoy that. And I wrote three other stories. But go to neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, and click on eGardens. I hope you'll sign up. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller is all about. They've been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for 90 years, and now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. Their easy-to-assemble, bolt-together greenhouses come in five sizes, from 6x9 to 12x21, and they feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose. With hail-resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors and windows, a Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. Don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get yourself a great greenhouse from a Texas-grown company. Visit them online at MuellerInc.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3000. 
888-888-3553. MuellerInc.com. I'll be back after this. All right. Music ran into music there. I talk too much. Yeah, I've always been accused of that. So, oh, well, they'll get over it. Hey, I've enjoyed this very much. Jared Taylor, nice job on the program. You know who did the nice job today? Our callers. Great work. I've enjoyed this very much. We'll be back next Saturday a little after 11, and I'll look forward to being with you then, too. So have a great week. Happy gardening.